ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone around the world, you are listening to Guitar Wank Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. My name's Troy McCubbin. I am your host. Don't really have a choice. And this is episode Guitar Wank, episode W for what the hell is going on and when will this nonsense end? Well, we've nearly ran out of the alphabet, so it has to end and we will be drawing winners. We, if you haven't done what I said, we've still got a little bit of time. Go to iTunes or Stitcher, leave a review. Uh, go to the website, guitarwank.com. Sign up, I mean, subscribe, blah, blah, blah. You, we have hats, we have caps, mugs, T-shirts. It's all there. If you don't want to buy anything, maybe you have everything. Donation. You can donate as well. So go there, guitarwank.com. Send us an email, guitarwank at gmail.com. Tell us your thoughts, and you will go into the running for this big competition. Lots of prizes. We're just going to keep giving shit away. Well, not shit. (laughs) Not standards. Scott's dog shit. We are actually giving cool prizes away. So we're going to make it. It's going to be fun. We're going to enjoy this, and we're just... It's going to be great. So stay tuned. Uh, thank you for all the amazing feedback we've been getting. Really appreciate that. Uh, again, go to the website, buy a cap, buy a mug, buy a t-shirt, do all that stuff. Thank you to our sponsors. And uh, we're going to get right into it. This is uh, from the other week with Scott and Bruce. Bruce just got back from New York, so we're going to hear about his New York stories and Dumble stories which is still blowing my mind that Bruce is talking and now hanging out with Dumble and (laughs) he's the one that falls asleep on the couch as soon as we talk gear. Is there no sanity in this world? (laughs) I love it. So I can't wait for you, Bruce, to share all that with you. But it doesn't happen this episode. It happens next week. But this is a really fun episode too. All right, I'm going to shut up, keep it short and sweet. I'm heading to Nashville tomorrow morning. So for all our Nashville fans, I'll be out there for a few days, for five days or something. So I'm hoping to catch some good shows and maybe catch a few beers with you all. Uh, Yeah, so reach out and uh, look forward to catching up. Be safe. We do have some questions because I, I mentioned to people on Facebook that 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 um, funny um, Facebook yeah, thing. Yeah, by, by the way, people, that other third voice you're hearing is Scott Henderson. Scott, it- <laughs> so, yeah, like I say, many people thought we had uh, 
you know, we were holding you for ransom, or we'd killed you, right. or killed you. You'd quit the band, right? No, All man, these various. But you went things. to another podcast. Yeah, yeah. That's what. That was also that big <laughs> rampant. Reader. What an asshole! He's gone some, to another some, podcast. Some other podcast no. outbid us, no. right? Which uh, didn't take much. <laughs> just driving around in a van, freezing my ass off. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Up. There you that's go. You'd it. rather do that than hang here. Yeah. So we we have some questions from and but but what? we have not mentioned. I'm oh, sorry. I that's all right. You're right. Um, we've not mentioned the hundredth show idea again, which we oh, have to do. And we've got people who want to be a part of that already. already. Yeah, already. Good. Okay. So it's going to be the, the guitar Scott doesn't way. know. Game no, Bruce show. Oh, he told you. No, I, I cleared it with Scott. Did you say we... gay show or game show? It doesn't matter if you're gay. That's okay. <laughs> you can still be on the game show. So it's the Guitar Wing game show. Let us know you're interested. We'll send you a questionnaire. You answer the questions. You'll make to the finals. We're going to have a thing. We, we, you let us know whether you can, you can you can participate via Skype or you can be here live. Although I can't imagine why anybody would choose not to be here live. Right. And there will be amazing prizes, and that will be the hundredth show because you know we talked about getting somebody famous, you know, like uh, Ringo Starr or or, or Jimi Hendrix or something for right. the hundredth show. But you know that just makes it about celebrity, and you, the, the real celebrity in Guitar Wink. Is the person who listens to it? They are. Oh, that's heartfelt. And the wank. <laughs> no, I mean, really think Don't about it. Think wank. about it. I mean, we're hanging because we're having a great time. But really, what makes this work is the fact that there actually are people, maybe three or four, who seem to give a shit. You right. know, and and so why are we trying to make this about some celebrity who doesn't care about us? Let's make this all about the people who do mm -hmm. care about us. That's well, a good I, you point. know, I have I have two subjects. Before I forget, I want to just mention really quick. Okay. Number one, played at Alva's the other night yep. and saw the Holsworth tribute thing, which was really Wait, cool. Wait, was that Alva's? Okay. Alva's. So Alva's yeah. Dance and mm -hmm. something. Down San Pedro. San Pedro. They it's played from place. like uh, four to six, and then we play, and then, or four to seven, or five to seven, I can't remember, but yep. I caught like a set. Yep. And, and it was and really cool. Along with, of course, Scott playing there and various other groups, they even let me play there every now and then. That's a nice club, uh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, really nice club. Alan Holdsworth played there quite often. He did play. Mm -hmm. So he they did this the area, celebration yeah. of life for Alan Holdsworth right. mm -hmm. at Alva's before Scott's show and, mm -hmm. and in it the was late good. afternoon. It was really good. I went early because I wanted to see a set. Yep. His daughters were there, so it was nice to see them. I hadn't seen them in a while. Right. And um, and Joel Taylor was playing drums. A good friend of mine, um, uh, bass player Ernest Tibbs, and I think another bass player's name was Ricky Crawford. And then... Ben, do you know the guy's name? No, I think it's Ben Crawford. I don't remember. Ben Shepard. Ben Shepard, right. Yeah. He plays in Peter Erskine's band. Right. And very good bass player. New Zealand guy, Kiwi. Yeah. Kiwi? And, um, and then they had the original bass player from Tony Williams' Believe It. Oh, okay. You know, that yeah. played with Alan and Alan Pasqua. He, yeah. He's 70 years old now. Wow. And I, I was, because he doesn't look at it at all. He looks yep. like he's 50 or something. And he looks, he still really looks good, you know. Yep. And he still looks like a kid. He's got long black hair. <laughs> I was thinking, that guy's 70s. Like, but he was, it was really cool to see him because he was one of the original cats that you first heard when you first heard Alan. Yeah. And uh, Steve Hunt was playing keyboards. Joel Taylor was playing drums. And some young, two young guitar players, one guy they flew in from Japan, and another guy lives here in the States somewhere. And they were, you know, of course, they sounded like Alan, and they were playing the same guitar that Alan plays. And 
you know, though sooner or later I know they'll want to develop their own thing or maybe they already do have their own thing that's right. not that type of, you know, guitar playing. But, you know, I think on this gig they were meant to, you know, to emulate Alan yeah. and they were doing, they were playing really good. Both these guys wow. were really good players, very young yep. and, you know, like just chops, ridiculous chops and wow. ideas. Just really, both good and, players. And, and the guitar that Alan, <clears throat> is that like a build the lap or something? Build the lap. Because, you know, he lives up where I live. Oh, up, he does. In Monterey. Okay, yeah. And uh, that friend of mine, Steve Snyder. Yeah. Who's the amp, Yeah, and I know Steve. Guy, sure, you know, okay. Sure. He, he's good buddies. He's been trying to connect me with Bill because I hang out with Steve a lot up north. Yep. And, um, yeah, they're, they're although cool don't guitars. tell, don't tell Alexander because I think they're, they're, him and Dumble are not getting along anymore. I think oh, they're, they're, I think they're a little bit chambered. These guitars, they're right. kind of chambered. It's like a they're Steinberger like, with Steinberg. no head Steinberger, yeah. no head side, just a bridge pickup. Yeah, but they're chambered and so they're hollow inside and that gives them a certain sound. And, you know, they're, and it's just really a bridge cool. pickup, no other pickup. Yeah, there's just a bridge pickup. But um, anyway, it was a cool show, and man, Joel was playing his ass off. It was like really good. Wow, he was just playing so good. One of the I've seen Alan play so many times, and Joel is my favorite drummer that that plays with Alan. And the reason why is because he makes all that odd meter music sound like four four. Right. He just somehow organically <clears throat> plays all that odd stuff in a in a very of smooth way yep. where you don't hear it as one two three four five one two three four five six seven one two three four five one two three four five six seven one two three four one two three one two three four five you don't hear it like that it just flows he yeah. just has a really beautiful way of playing those that style of music and it's so organic man he's just a great musician we should have and, him on the well show. actually yeah. the, the, the other thing i mean i just play with joel i'm gonna actually play with him in about a week on his gig but we did a gig together downtown l.a week ago with a great saxophone player named Doug Webb, mm -hmm. real Coltrane kind of thing. And we kind of did the Coltrane, you know, between Giant Steps and Love Supreme era stuff. Right. Like a whole night. And Joel, I mean, he was playing like, El I mean, in the Elvin style, very, not like Elvin, but like himself, but in a very convincing manner. I mean, you wouldn't know that he was quote unquote a fusion style yeah. or a rock style drummer. He was a jazz drummer, and I've heard him play with with Alan Holdsworth. I've also heard him play, and I've played with him with Josh Smith when he was playing the blues. And so have I. And, and he and, sounds and, and like again, he's a Motown like, drummer. It's still very much Joel, but it's right. Yeah, he just I mean, he that's, doesn't that's, even that's, dip into yeah. that jazz vocabulary or fusion vocabulary. He's for that gig. He's a blues funk drummer. And he just does it. And, it's and, like, and, but he's you know. still unique. I mean, he yeah. still doesn't sound like he's, he's copying. Well, he, he's when we talked that night, he's, really he's a character. He's got a, oh, he's got he's a stories. whacked out guy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we should have him oh, on the show. Great. We should have him he's on the a great, show. He's a great manipulator. And actually, yeah. you know, the day that he did the Holdsworth thing, he got in a car. Either he got in a yeah, car. Yeah, he got in a car accident. He got in a car wreck yeah. earlier that day, and his car rolled over. Oh, right. Right. And he had to get a ride to the gig, and he yeah. still kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> I'll ask him to come on the show. Yeah, it would sure. be fun. I see him in Russia quite often. Because oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, and, and, and I've been trying to get him to take me to Russia. Of course, he's trying to get me to get him on my New Zealand gig. But yeah, I see him in Russia. So we're, we're, we're um, pretty much going to play in LA. It looks like for a while. The, the, on the last tour when we were doing, I think we did four gigs in Russia. Yeah, he was playing before us with like a Russian group, and it was a really cool wow. group. 
because and he was over there playing with them for like a while like two or three weeks i think yeah but it was a cool group because what they were doing they were taking russian folk music and kind of putting a jazz spin on it you know and 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 the son of the promoter i believe is the saxophone player who plays in that band he's actually really good yeah and it's a great band and they're playing interesting music because it has that russian thing going on but it's also really hip it's yep. got it's it's just very cool and joel just kills it on that gig too wow so it was really fun to hear them for you know three or four nights yeah it was very well, cool. i'm sure joel would be happy to come yeah on. bring him on oh, man talk he to him like on, fun talk to him on friday yeah yeah and and before we move on to the yep. questions i am in new york when in New York? I'm in New York on the 1st at Mesro and the 3rd at Dizzy's at Lincoln Center. I'm in New York too. Okay. Those well, dates. And, and so uh, I'm hoping to see people wearing their hats and shirts proudly at yep. the gigs. Who's playing with you in New York? Okay, I'm doing a duo with this girl, a woman named Hillary Gardner, great singer. Mm -hmm. That's a duo gig. That's why it's called the duo gig, and then uh, <laughs> and then and then the third of May I'm playing at Dizzy's Club Coca Cola, which is jazz at Lincoln Center, and I'm playing with my trio, which is Rufus Reed and Matt Wilson. Mm -hmm. Wow! And so I hope everybody will come. I'm also doing a tour of New Zealand with a guitar explosion. You gonna blow it's, up guitars? Yeah, we're gonna blow up guitars. It's a uh, it's a thing. I don't know how the all the gigs will be worked. Maybe we'll play some gigs separate from each other. But the the junket is me, Larry Coons Trio, and Robin Ford. Wow! You ever heard of her, Robin Ford? She's really good. <laughs> <laughs> she's pretty great. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> and uh, who's this playing is with where? Larry? Is he bringing and Larry? Well, I think too? Larry. It's going to be Tom Warrington, who already who has moved over. You know, who was in his trio here. Yeah. Yeah. And he lives in New Zealand now. Tom Warrington lives in New Zealand? Yeah, Tom's over there. I had no idea. Yeah, and um, actually he met his wife at one of our cowbop gigs in New Zealand. Mm. Wow. Because it was a double bill with Larry's trio with Joe LaBarbera <laughs> and cowbop. There's a bunch of jokes I could I say right now. I just remember Tom Warrington when I, he, I used to play with him all the time. Me, Kinsey, Warrington, and Joe LaBarbera. And we played every Wednesday night for, for quite a while. And I remember just Tom Warrington would put, <laughs> Kinsey would do these, we called them like zappers or squealers or something. <laughs> it was when he would just like, you know, play some synthesizer note that was just at the frequency that would just go right through your brain. <laughs> and Warrington would be sitting like right next to his speakers. Yeah. And Warrington, you could see him like, he'd be playing his bass. And then he'd be like, with the other hand, he'd like just try to play some open strings and grab a napkin and stick the napkin in his ear. <laughs> it was so funny, man. And it happened almost every gig. Kinsey would zap him like, okay, give Warrington a zap. Right, a, a real stinger, you know, like some really loud note that just like fucks him yeah, up. Right, well, so, so I'll, I think at least the way the promoter presented to me, I'm going to do solo. I'll do some version of the red guitar, whatever I feel like doing.
When do you get in New Zealand? Uh, the end of May. And then, wow. uh, For how long? Like 10 days. Yep. And, uh, and then Larry's trio will play, and then I'll probably play a tune with Larry, and then maybe I guess Robin's band will play if it's one of the big junket things, and if it's a double bill. Well, you know, I mean, it'll all be... Fantastic. It'll be fun. But, I mean, I'm doing... It's basically... You know, which was my idea with the Red Guitar Show is to kind of turn it into a brand where I can just get up and right. play, entertain people, tell stories, rant, yep. you know, heckle. I think it's going to be really bad. I mean, it could be really horrible. In New but, Zealand. Um, yeah, you know, don't worry. My, that was for Nick. That was okay. for Nick in, in, yeah. down, down Nick in New Granville. Zealand. Yeah. 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 Um, actually, Thanks, actually, Ben Shepard... And Nick Granville are real tight, and 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 actually they played on that same record that he did when he was oh, here. Okay. But uh -huh. they they all knew each other from the school in New Zealand, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it all comes together here. Well, so, but so that was just some. I mean, I'm sorry about the gratuitous promotion, but you know, oh, and there's one other big thing. Holy snap and duck shit! What is it? I forget. <laughs> no, I remember, no no. Uh, Premier <laughs> Guitar Magazine. Does anybody know about that? Premier mm -hmm. Guitar sure. Magazine. They just Premier. contacted me and want me to do a lesson series on their magazine. Whoa. I figure I'll do it just because uh, it'll give me an opportunity to, to further voice my pathology on the world. <laughs> <laughs> For for I for, love for, that. for for a moderate amount of remuneration. So they're still going Premier Guitar. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're great. <clears throat> they so, just did an ad, um, the RC Booster ad. Oh, they you know? did. Yeah. There's a there's a exotics running a RC Booster ads in a bunch of different guitar magazines, and they're one of them. Yeah. Premier. So, yeah. So anyways, that I just kind of signed the deal with, and I just wrote the first article, and. Uh, we're thinking for a catchy title. If anybody's got a great idea, I was thinking either um, Formanism. Yeah, but I was thinking of like jazz, the best contraceptive. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that was a good one, good or enough. like, or like in an emergency, call flat nine one one. I like that. Yeah, though, both jazz. good. You know, <laughs> uh, but I'm looking for a real good catchy title. So if anybody has any good ideas, you know, feel free to send them in and I'll, I'll check them out. Okay, now I'm done. Um, I was going to just say one more thing about the Holsworth thing. Just what I know, one thing that I really was fun for me was not just seeing my friends play, but when you hear, they, they kind of went through Alan's repertoire and they really kind of, they really did pick the best tunes and wow, I mean, some of them are really nice, man. Like, I don't know if you're familiar yeah, with some I, Alan stuff, yeah. but, you know, I mean, it's like any composer. If you say, well, how do you like this guy's writing? And you, you, you always go, well, I like some of it and some of it I don't like, you know, like anybody, like yeah. my own writing, you know, it's like you like a percentage of it. But that night they played a lot of the tunes that Holsworth wrote that I really like, really nice compositions, great changes, really interesting tunes yep. and it was just fun to hear them all live yeah because you right. know you hear them on a different record you hear this tune on one record they seem to pick the best tunes from each record you know and you they played them back to back and it was like wow it was kind of hearing cool. like the best of alan's compositions yeah you know and that i really enjoyed because i really like a lot of those good tunes. crowd yeah packed yep. oh awesome packed. it was great yeah it was totally packed 
So it was it was good to see. Yeah, and a lot of people I imagine stay for both shows. Yeah, I think I don't I don't know how many, but yeah, we had a good good sized show too. So I guess probably some people did stay. Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to tell you just just because off the top of my head is that I talked to Oz Noy, oh, and yeah. he has that ox box that you were talking about, mm-hmm. and he loves it. So he thinks it's great. Yeah. You know, he says that he likes the sound of it better than the load box and the Celestian IRs. Wow. So, but now, you know, everybody's different. So he's he's not playing a, a very high gain sound. He's playing a right. pretty clean does, sound. Does, so who knows if that has something to do with does it Does he too. teach at MI? No. Yeah. Oh, he, he does. He teaches at MI. I mean, not all the time because he's, he's not in New York. Staff. But he he's does, not on staff. Right, like yeah. I do. Yeah. You know, he goes yeah. and does. Did, but, uh, but what I thought was interesting is that one of the reasons that I kind of got irritated with Universal Audio, because I think they're a great company, yeah. was that they would put out something so expensive that doesn't do all that much. You know, like I was like seventeen IRs for that kind of money. But you know they're going to, you know they'll probably update that because they're so. always in updating Hope stuff. So yeah, because yeah. right now it doesn't seem like it's worth the money. But I just wanted to put it out there that Oz has one and he really likes it. Yeah. You know, so who knows, man? I mean, I, 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 I don't think you get much bang for the buck, but, but. If it sounds really good and he likes it, it you know it might be. Well, I've noticed with. I mean, I got a lot of Universal Audio stuff, but they they always seem to be doing updates and adding to yeah. their stuff. And hopefully, they've definitely got the, you know, the the technology and stuff to to get that stuff down. So mm-hmm. I don't know. And you don't I like need your stuff. computer for it. Yeah, that's, that's the main cool thing. Too, yeah. You don't need your computer. Yeah, you can so, use it as a you live. Know, my thing judgment or... comes from like. Geez, if you use your computer, you've got so many other options. You've got just like another million IRs you can yeah, choose from, yeah. depending on... I, I I go at it from, like, I'm thinking of it from a layering standpoint. Right. You want a, you want a bunch of different sounds. How easy is it to get them by changing the speaker? You yeah. just pop a speaker in there, and if you've got, like, your 30 favorite speakers, imagine what you could do. Like this, this album that I'm going to be working on when I start getting to the point where I start orchestrating it, I've never used IRs on a record before, but I will on right. this one. On this one, Because yeah. I probably, rather than bring another <clears throat> speaker cabinet into the room and mic it up and cart the other one out of the room and blah, 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 and break my back, I'll be able to just swap a speaker. Right. And, and until one hits and just goes, wow, that's the tone that really separates this part nicely from that part or yeah it's a good sound for this part or something you know I'm, i probably will use them but anyway i just put it out there that oz really likes that i've, I've heard a lot so. of guys that's well that's it there yeah i know yeah i yeah. I, I gotta say i you know i love it it would really love be it. interesting sometime if you brought it over to my house mm-hmm. and i'm like totally set up in my studio for like to mic my own cabinet which is like, I mean, it's the sound that I've used on Vibe Station and many other records, and you could hear that mic'd up cabinet compared to that, and then compared to the regular IRs, yeah. John's load box, and yeah. say some Celestian IRs or some Own Hammer IRs or whatever. We should do it, man. I'd love to. He- I'd love to fun, check it out. It would 
be a fun day. Yeah. Just to hear what sounds best or yeah. what, what what sounds closest to the real thing. Yeah. It would be fun. I'd, you know? I'd love to do that. So we should do just it. When it. Whenever you got a free day, man, yeah. let's 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 do it. You know, I'll invite um maybe Adam Stark could come over too because he he really likes to yep. experiment with that kind of stuff. Let's so do it. Let's make fun. that happen. Yeah, just just to sort of you know, I'm just curious. Yeah. I'd like to really see what sounds closest to the real the actual real thing and you might like not the real thing you might like the other thing better yeah, depending hard, on the room hard, sound you it's know? hard to beat the real thing isn't it well i just know that man when the cabinet moves air and you're used to the sound of a room i guess it's not just the cabinet it's the room right you're listening to the room yeah, actually yeah because the sound's bouncing around in the room and going back into the microphone and you're hearing that yeah it's part of yeah. the sound so yeah. it must it must make a difference. I for sure. And for I always sure. wondered, like when they make an IR, right? And they decide, okay, I'm going to sample this speaker cabinet. Where are they when they do that? In a in you a would, big room, in a small room, like what? Yeah. Who knows? It like, all who it knows? all adds to it, doesn't it? Totally adds yeah. to it because you can put a speaker cabinet in one room and, and put it in another room, and it's a completely different sound. Different thing, yeah. So I wonder, like, when they're sticking the mic up there, how loud is the speaker cabinet? How loud are they pushing the air? Yeah. What kind of room are they doing it in? Who knows? I think I think for live, what's I the think altitude? this is... Yeah, what's the altitude? What's the humidity? <laughs> right. What's the but, humidity? And, and, and oh yeah, when, when we get all done with that, maybe we ought to think about playing music. Yeah, oh, right. Never mind. <laughs> right. No. That's very important. All right, let me get to the questions. Question from Russ. We'll, we'll, we'll play some music. Troy. Never, we'll play never a mind. We'll do it. Never mind. We'll That's not important. No, no, no. We'll let's play a let's get to the question. What uh, Russ asked uh, from Facebook? What is the meaning of Scott Henderson? <laughs> you could substitute meaning for purpose. You could also substitute purpose for meaning, intention. I have Serious no idea question. What he's yeah, about. no, he's fucking with us. To uh, to question to either Bruce or Scott. Explain how you go about writing new material. If you have a process, both the environment and the mental state. Haven't we it talked takes. about this before? Many times, kind of right. Yeah, he's like Russ, he's got to listen to past episodes. Russ, you got to get we've, back. We've talked about. All that right, Ray says, nauseum. I'd like to know if Scott ever experiments <laughs> with different preamp tubes in his SH100. I think he said he uses JJ's for power yeah, tubes. Yeah, I have. I have experimented, but you know what? It's usually all you do by experimenting is you get more gain or less gain it's, okay. it's basically about that it's not like you get a completely different tone you know like you're still running through the same circuitry yeah you get more of a, a change with power tubes more than preamp tubes right and all you get pretty much from changing preamp tubes maybe the amp might be a little brighter but usually it's just more gain or less gain. If you go with like a Chinese 12AX7, which is what everybody uses, and that's like JJ makes, you yep. know, they pretty much give you the same kind of gain that everybody's used to getting from an amp. But if you go down a step to like a 12AY7, I believe, you know, you just get a, a not quite as much gain. It's a little not quite as high endy. But I don't know. I mean, what. If you did that, what would stop you from just turning up the gain more on the amp or, or <laughs> right. and dialing, dialing, dialing up the treble? I mean, you could fix all that difference in tubes with the EQ of the amp. Yeah. So I'm yeah. not sure why people are so crazy about 
tubes when the amp EQ will EQ any tube to what you want it to sound like right. pretty much, I think. But John just uses JJ's because he says they're dependable. Right. So and that check, seems to be a big thing at the moment, out. right? Yes, and check this out. I brought I recently brought my Marshall that I used on Vibe Station. Yeah. I mean this thing was on for years. What's what's you know, the Marshall? My seventy one Marshall. Okay, it's a, yeah. a plexi? Yeah. Right. And and so I brought it to John and I, I basically did the whole album just about with either the Marshall or the Bandmaster and so it's been used a lot. Yep. And so I thought, okay, it's gotta need new tubes by now. I take it to John, they check out the tubes and they say, you know what? The tubes seem fine and if they're working and the amp sounds good, don't ever change them. Because <laughs> the the it, you're lucky to get a good set of match tubes now. Wow. That don't either blow up the amp or sound funny in some way or whatever. I heard that from Dr. Z. He said the same thing. He said he just said if it's working, yep. don't fix it. Yep. It's not broke, don't fix it. So he said Wow. He said keep the tubes if it's if the amp sounds good, there's no reason to change the tubes. So I just like, okay. But apparently tubes aren't dependable as like they, they used, used to, to be. be. Yeah. Interesting. That's the, that's the gist of it pretty much. All right, um, Matt Vay, Matt Vay, he said, do you ever, for you guys, do you ever get pissed off because of non-musical, <laughs> do you ever get pissed off because of non-musical aspects of the music business, regardless of gene, people getting gigs because of their age, sex, race, appearance, etc.? Bruce, do you ever get pissed off? Never, right? <laughs> I think you're talking about a different world. Well, no, no, I, I mean, you know... The musical acts, aspects of... is a word that I don't know that I... I get frustrated at times. I get bitter at times. I get jealous at times. You know, I get all those things. But, you know, I mean, pissed off, I don't... I mean, yes, you know, it, it perturbed. Uh, it's like, yeah, I mean, you're doing the best you can. And it's hard to get the opportunities, you know what I mean? You, you try to get a gig and somebody else has got it. And, you know, I mean, it's just the way the world works. I'm old. I'm, you know, I'm, it's I'm tired. Prime. People, don't, <laughs> people don't give a shit about the music I play. Whatever. Do, do you guys not, get more pissed off the, as you get older? Huh? Do you guys get more pissed off as you get older? You know, again, the word pissed off, I'm not going to go with. Anger? Angry? No, frustrated? Frustrated at times. Annoyed? Sure, less sure. patient? Yes, I bet. Sure, <laughs> sure. I mean, I have less time on Earth. You know, I don't have yeah, time right. to fuck he around to with fuck these around. people anymore. I think as you get older, you deserve the right to be less. I believe so. Patient. I believe so. Um, who wears the strap on, Scott? Do you want to answer didn't that? I, didn't you want me to answer that last question? <laughs> oh yeah, okay. You answer that. Sorry, answer that last question. Because <laughs> because the only thing I can think of about getting pissed off is when the people that are supposed to do business. Just like you're doing your best with the music and they're not doing the best with the business. And that uh. makes me mad because like, I feel like I'm doing the very best I can as a musician to make the shows enjoyable, to not make mistakes, just to make everything you know run smoothly. And when the business people don't carry their end, you, 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 you sort right, of say like, you. what what gives you the right to do a half-assed job when I'm giving like 100%? Yeah, you know, I can't really speak. I, I'm not addressing you, you know, any he, one he person. He's actually addressing certain people in his mind, but he just won't say it because he's right. because he's afraid to. He's, he doesn't want to piss them off. Well, I don't want to piss anybody off. Worse. But there are business people that sometimes that I have to work with that that sometimes I feel like they just aren't doing 
their job as well as they could. And I'm not, I'm not really talking about any one person in speci specifically, but but just business people in general. When you when you have to work with them and you're counting on them to get stuff done, yeah, and they don't do it what they say they're going to do, it does make you angry because you you're try I'm trying my best, and yeah. sometimes I feel like they're not. Yeah. So, and of course, I think that some of these people they have other artists to deal with too. So some of it may be a little bit geez, I wish he would spend a little bit more time with me, but realistically, sometimes I have to realize that he's got, you know, another group of artists that he may be dealing with, like on labels or whatever you're dealing with, a record label. They've got art, other artists on the label, too. They can't totally just spend all their time with you because they've got other yeah, people. Yeah, but, about. I mean, again, but, okay, on that level, yeah. to that thing, that's, again, it's really nice of you to cut them the slack, but the fact is, you do business or you don't. You yeah. know, you fix a sink or you don't. You have to do what you <laughs> You know what I mean? The tire's yeah. flat or it's got air in it. You know what I mean? So, like, if a motherfucker's going to book you for a gig, they should help you publicize it. They should exactly. make sure that all the stuff you're supposed to have, you got. Because yeah. you know you're going to show up with a band that's ready to burn, and, you know, when you get there and the club don't know you're coming or the, the audience isn't there because they didn't know you were coming or because the hotel is, like, all fucked up because somebody didn't make that call, that's bullshit. Everybody needs to do their job. That's true. If we got to be able to stipulate that. That if, if we can't go there, then this is like, we're just dealing in amateur land. Yeah. Yeah.
Sometimes you would think that when you get to a certain level, you shouldn't run into amateur, amateur land, but, you, but do. You, do. you do. You do. You do. You do. Even mean, no matter it, what I'll level you're you, on. I'll guarantee you Herbie Hancock, which is, of course, big in the jazz world, but small in the real world. You know, I mean, I'll bet, what, Kendrick Lamar or, you know, Beyonce. I'll bet there's hotel fuck-ups and PR oh, fuck-ups. Yeah, and, there, I'm and, sure there's you know, fuck-ups. I mean, there's and, dickheads and, and, everywhere. And it's because of incompetence. Yeah. yeah. It's not maybe you know, like 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 I say, you know, I get on the bandstand, the guy says, oh, shit, I got to go to the bathroom. I said, wait a minute, you knew you had this gig for three weeks. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right i think that answers that yeah. all right who wears the strap on that's a great question 
What is a strap-on? <laughs> there, that's your answer right there. Um, Carlos says, have, have any of you played or studied classical guitar? Do you think it would be beneficial for a jazz player to study some classical guitar? I say, why the fuck not? I think it's important. Yes, guys, no. Totally. I, I, I've never studied classical guitar, but I've studied classical music a lot. Right. So, like, and I mean a lot. Because your, than your missus plays classical Well, a lot. not just that, but, I mean, I was a composition major in college. Yep. So, I mean, I studied hard classical well, you music. Did. Yeah, definitely. And what did you learn and, from it? Well, I mean, it's like... <laughs> no it's parallel fit. Not, not really... It's not really... There goes... There goes... It's in smoke on the water. Yeah. It doesn't pay off in the end. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm... <laughs> Sorry, Scott. Uh, it's okay. I mean, I, I learned a great deal from it. We're heckling. It's massive. Yeah. Like yeah. a massive yeah. amount. Of, 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 in fact, just about everything I've learned dwarfs anything I've learned from any other kind of music. Right. So, so yeah, it's like... It helps a lot. But now, as far as being able to play classical guitar... I don't have the finger style technique to do it. And yeah. and though I started working on it at one point, I kind of, I just didn't really, I went another direction. Do you use any you know? of your fingers? I do. I mean, I play finger style, right. but I don't have that kind of thing that classical guitars the have, claw. which is total independence of all the fingers. Right. And, and, and you need that. And I never, I just went another direction yeah. guitar yeah. wise. Yeah. You know? yeah. But I think it's very important to know things about classical music, especially like, you know the mo more modern composers like Ravel, Debussy, Bar uh, Bar Bartok. Yep. I mean, man, there's so much insane I mean, such amazing music. music. Bach, it, the Bach inventions. I studied them. The Bach they're amazing. Mozart and Yeah, ridiculous, man. But you know, really, the question is, what have they done lately? Well, not <laughs> there you go. But you know, not I mean, much. the weird thing about the guitar, other, you know, compared to all the other instruments, I mean, and, and again, I played classical piano first before i even played guitar and i did study some classical guitar when i first got into guitar and um of course being at usc it's so great because we've got the most amazing classical guitar department in the world wow right there. there's some monsters there i mean huh? it was you know you know right now we've got pepper romero and scott Tennant, and william canagizer you know it's like and brian head it's like mm -hmm. it's it's seriously deep and a lot of my students are class and we and and in our program Somebody who should be in, of course, that program or any other program is Adam Del Monte, who's yep. just like other world, not only classical, but flamenco. Wow. And so, um, but the weird thing is, is that classical guitar and jazz guitar or rock guitar or, or folk pop guitar, they're, they are in, in a weird way, almost like two different instruments. I, I know that sounds strange. No, they are. The, the way think. you approach them, the way yeah. you get a sound out of them, the mechanics in certain ways, the whole the whole idea of of how it's played is it's more strikingly different than like if you were a saxophone player playing saxophone clarinet and saxophone and jazz clarinet. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot more connectivity or yeah. classical piano and regular yeah. jazz piano. You know, the technical stuff is almost all the same. Yeah. I mean, the tones are different and the approach to the music's different, but, you know, the, the mechanics work. The classical guitar and jazz guitar are, are quite different. And that being said, it's still really valuable because a guy like Larry Kuntz, who, you know, is a great classical player, 
and did and actually did his study as classical oh, guitar. Okay. And his father was a great jazz guitarist. His grandfather was a great jazz guitarist. So he already had that down. Yeah. And then he went down the classical. And you listen to his playing, and all the various elements of styles and things that mm-hmm. and the nuance of what he can do. And it's, and it's a lot because of his just the breadth of the understanding he has of the mm-hmm. instrument. Don't yeah. you think Ted Green too? Ted Green had a lot of that, sure. Mm-hmm. Really? And I mean yeah. Lenny Bro. Yeah, is, Lenny, Lenny Bro is probably the best oh, example. And, and yeah. also Philip Degree, man. Like, yeah. yeah. Philip Degree not only with the seven string guitar, but with all those other strings that he plays. Yeah. And it's totally classical. And if you look at his hand, the way he holds his hand, it's totally classical. Yeah. But it's a it's a mixture somehow of jazz right. and well, that's what it, but, but my point yeah. is is back to the question yes it's a valuable study i mean it's like there's more to study than you'll ever have time for right yeah. so if if it's if you're hearing something if you don't know what to do then yes do classical because <laughs> it will get your hands together in a way even kenny burrell you know he went to college for classical guitar and he he's on record as saying that he helped him get his hands together right for for playing what he ended up playing and if you listen to him as a jazz player in a lot of ways you would never know he could even play classical guitar right but at the same time once he tells you he could you can kind of hear it Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so uh i would say just all of us anything Definitely, we have to listen to it all. Anything that excites you, go find it, make it yours. And yes, the answer is yes to everything. You should also play piano. You should also play the drums. You know, all of us should. God, how much time in, a, in the day have I got, Bruce? You got as much time as you got. <laughs> but you know, like, I mean, I can tell you a lot of what I've learned is just playing the drums. Yeah, yeah. me yeah. too. Definitely, you know, yeah. everybody should be a little bit of a drummer. Yeah. I'm not much of one, but I can play him. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. and piano too, you know, yeah. enough to. So, enough so to, it's like, come on, just open your, open your mind. Yeah, open, yeah. What, do you, what is it like? The cool we, we just got to do this. We got to do this. We got to no, we, we, you know, we're, we're individual people with individual things. The cool thing about piano is you don't really even know how to, you don't really need to know how to play piano to play piano. Yeah. You just put your fingers down and make sounds, and it's a great composing tool, even if you don't have any idea of what you're doing. You just, you know, I've seen so many people do it, yeah. and, and, and I do it. You just sit there, and you just play with voicings, and you just, things happen, and sometimes by accident, because it's not your acts. You know, you, whereas guitar, you're, you're, you're more, you're tempted to go places that you've gone before. Yeah. Right and and, habit. and it's habit. And yeah. when you sit down on an instrument that you don't really know much about, I mean, you still might know the theory of what what makes it like an A seven flat nine chord. But if you just put your fingers in weird places and then just move one finger and move another finger, and you come up with the most interesting sounds, and it has nothing to do with music theory. It's just you're you're playing you're painting. Yeah. And that's that's how I like to write. Yeah. You know, I don't like to think about theory when I write music. I just paint. And it's all colors and sounds and stuff. Even on the guitar, I try. Yeah. Like, try to avoid stuff that I've played before and come up with something new. And I usually do, somehow. Yeah. Uh, but it's not by, like, uh, I don't think it's by theory or anything like that. And when you ask me, like, what did classical mu- music teach you? Basically, nothing. It just taught me to open my ears. Mm. 
You know, it's like it's not like I'm going to steal one of Ravel's progressions and put it on my in my music. Right. Though I have done it. I mean, a, a chord going to another chord, or maybe three How chords. Can you, you can't avoid get, it. I mean, it's you can't all because out there. yeah, it's all out there. You know, but <laughs> but but it just opens up your ears to hear things that you would never expect to hear. Yeah. And once your ears are opened up, you think differently. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know, it's like a guy that has only listened to Ario Speedwagon, <laughs> and then he, and then he listens to Ravel. He's definitely going to get a new experience. Yeah, <laughs> right. And just because you never heard it before, doesn't mean it never happened. <laughs> That's right. Fuck you guys are deep tonight. This yeah. is always, well, that I think. I'll Carlos... tell you something deep. Just quick, All real right. quick. Before okay. you get to the next question, yeah, okay. Pacific Ocean. There's a there's a there's a subject that that I was talking a lot about with uh, some friends in L.A. while I was on the road. You got friends? I got talking few. about with friends in L.A. while he was on the road. Yeah, and I'm, and this is already confusing. Yeah. so it's deep. No, no, it's it's deep because I have some friends that are really kind of into this, and it's yep. like the physiological. Physio what do you say? Physiological part of music. Yeah. How your body affects music. Right. How yeah. would you call that? The physiological ecstasy. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. What makes you play good one night, not good the other night? Right. What makes you feel like you're playing good if you're not? What makes you feel like you're playing bad if you're not? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or what, right. What, what, and I learn a lot of really interesting things because there's a guy I know in Boston who is a psychiatrist. And his wife is a psychologist, and they do a lot of studies with Berkeley students, and they're really, really into how the body affects what you do. And what, one thing that I learned, and it's really interesting, is that the number one enemy a musician can have is dehydration. Mm, That's wow. the number one enemy. Really? Yeah. Your brain actually shrinks when you're dehydrated. Wow. You don't think well. You can't reason well. Right. You can't make quick decisions. You're just not on. Troy you know? said, hey, look, Troy's um, drinking water. Yeah, Troy's drinking water. That's why but, I only drink beer. And <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> there's lots of water. <laughs> and, only, and only caffeine. You know, and you always put ice in right. with your scotch. Right, right. <laughs> I'm yeah. hydrating. Right. But yeah, if you go on stage, I mean, how many times, I know I have, how many yep. times have you gone on stage and from hours before you go on stage or even from when you wake up in the morning, you go... This is not a good music day. Yeah. I feel like shit. Like like my brain is in a fog. Yeah. You know, I sit down to practice and and I should know what to play over these, this set of changes and I can't make it happen. Uh, it's not happening. Like usually I flow through this and today I feel like I'm just lucky if I play, a, you know, I'm on about 30, working on about 30%. You know, yeah. it's usually because you're dehydrated. That's why. And when you dehydrate yourself, all of a sudden your brain works faster. You kind of come out of that fog and you just kind of, oh, wow, this is, it's like butter. It's easy. It's effortless, you know, when you're, when you're hydrated. Right? Yeah. And most people are hydrated right. But I've, I've got this bad habit of not, that's why I had kidney stones. Yeah. I've got this bad habit of not drinking enough fluids during the day because you're supposed to kind of. That's the cause of it? That's how you get kidney stones. Wow. When you're de dehydrated. That's okay. why I had them in the first yep. place. So that's one aspect of it, right? Another aspect of it is like Bruce has said many times, high expectations. Yeah. Where you go to a gig and 
you your whole thing is to outdo yourself <laughs> what you did last you had a great gig last night so you try to repeat all the things you did that day oh, i better wear the same shirt <laughs> wear That's the same the baseball thing. same <laughs> yeah wear the yeah, same right, i wore the same underwear for 20 years once <laughs> right so i you know try to duplicate let's see i ate it this is so i'm gonna eat that time today you know and then you go to the gig and you play like shit because <laughs> you're just your whole idea you're in such the wrong space of mind because in frame of mind because you you're not really thinking about having fun and just being creative you're thinking about topping yourself which is so stupid right <laughs> you know but we get into that so it's human nature to, to think that way sometimes yep. when you have a really good gig you want to try to duplicate it and so, so dehydration Expectations, expectations and, and constipation. Yeah, and the, yeah, and there's one other thing. Oh, that's really constipation. I'm one sure. other thing that's really important is what if you take medicine, yep. or if you are everybody eats when to eat before a gig. Like a lot of people say that if they eat right before a gig, and it's a fact that the blood rushes down from your brain and all the blood in your body goes to the stomach to digest your food. Yep. And that's why sometimes you feel kind of logy and kind of just lethargic after, you, yeah. lethargic after yep. you eat, which, you know, for a nervous person actually might be good because you might relax <laughs> on stage and you're so damn sleepy. You can't <laughs> you can't concentrate on anything and you play better. Right. You know, because some people actually make a habit of eating right before they play because they want that lethargic feeling. They don't want to be like up, up for the gig. They want to be down for the gig. Yeah. So they so they play with more space. They just maybe just play in a more relaxed way. Who knows? Right. I can't do it. Because what happens to me is I start forgetting everything. I'm so lethargic that I can't remember how to voice a C major chord. What's a C major chord? That's hard. That's C, E, and G. And oh, I, usually that, I go for one. C, E, and G flat or G sharp, and I miss that. Well, that's your style. Man. <laughs> but anyway, so that so the optimum time to eat, like when, and you know what my friends say is that is that you try to eat when when digestion is over like so you want to give your stomach a good five hours to digest the food or four right. or five hours to digest the food and that's a nice time to play because you're not starving you know it's bad to go on stage when you're really hungry because yeah. you don't have any energy you feel like yeah. you're lack of energy but they always suggest like eat four or five hours before you play and then have little snacks nice. to keep the energy in your body but not enough to keep all the not <laughs> For the blood to rush to your stomach. You to know, I'm I'm thinking digest. of every gig I ever did, like a pub gig, and that where I got a free pub meal, and I was stuffing it in my face as yeah. I'm walking on stage. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, on I got break. a free food, free, free, free on the break, yeah, free because it's free. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm chugging <laughs> beers, and like this shit's free. I'm, I'm getting paid, I mean, man. I had some of my best gigs. We went from a like a gorged out <laughs> dinner to the bandstand, and we did right, fun. right. And then I've had some of my worst gigs <laughs> yeah. when we went from a gorged out dinner. Dinner for, to the bandstand. I've I've had my best gigs, jumping off an airplane, haven't eaten in like twenty four hours mm -hmm. and play. I've had my worst right. gigs jumping off a plane. Yeah. I've yeah. been you know I've I've been drinking really heavy and <laughs> sounded like shit. I've been drinking really heavy and sounded great, or at least I thought I did. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's and, always yeah you think you do. <laughs> and, then, and you know I mean it's like there's a certain amount of fuck it just. 
play. Yeah, just go up there and play. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, I mean, really, it's expectation, hydration, and constipation. Yeah. But haven't you ever felt like, though, that sometimes that, that really awful feeling where you just... Your brain's oh, totally. in a fog. But really, honestly, I've had that, I believe, when I've been hydrated, and I've had that mm -hmm. when I've not been hydrated. I yeah. believe it when I had... You know what I mean? I, I get I, it I when played I'm, so many fucking games. Yeah, but I have, that it's like I, I it works too, and it doesn't. It's just magic. I really feel like sometimes that the, the dehydration thing really. Oh, affects I'm sure me. it does. Because you know. man, I sometimes yeah, I feel dehydration. Sometimes is a big I feel one. like my brain is just, and I'm not talking about just guitar. Like I'll pick up a fork. Oh yeah, and just drop it on the floor because <laughs> like or you're, you're cramped. Yeah, yeah, like my hands, just like, you know how sometimes you feel like when you you squeeze your thumb and your forefinger together, but you can't make much pressure happen? Cause or your hand just is like just you're playing weak. the guitar and it cramps up. You've yeah, had that. You've sure, had that. sure. I mean, shit. Yeah. You know, I believe that. I mean, I think that's hydration. It, it probably is. You yeah. know, it, it, I read this thing on the internet um, last night. It was talking about how important it is to just be hydrated in general, and it was saying, like, headaches kidney stones, stomach problems, ulcers, all this kind of shit comes from Right, when well, you just flush stuff out yeah, of your system. Right. I mean, come on. It's it, kind it, of common sense, sense, isn't it? <laughs> it right. makes sense. Yeah. You know, but I mean, being an older gent, not a gentleman, being an gentleman. older human. <laughs> what? Being an older person, you know, I mean, there's like there's like three things an old an old guy should never do, right? Well, I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> Well, you, surely you know this. I well, know. There's three things that an old guy should never do. Okay? Why? Okay. First of all, should never pass a pisser. Pass a pisser? You, you definitely use the toilet. You oh. know what I mean, your prostate, we, we pee a lot right. you know, okay. as we get older. Okay. Especially if we're hydrating properly. Yeah, right. That's okay, true. you never pass a pisser. That's the first thing right. an old guy. Mm -hmm. The second thing is, Use your hard-ons up. <laughs> you learn to you learn to realize that they're important. You know, right. I mean? you know, when you're young, you got a million of them. You don't think about it. But you get older, there's they, a, there's a limit. Well, no, they yeah, they get more, slightly less rare. I mean, still compared to like you know, the normal human, they're 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 there. But you know, there's that. And the third one is never trust a fart. <laughs> <laughs> Because it could be a shard. You never <laughs> turn into a shard. You never know. There could be a surprise there. So that's the three things for an old guy. You that's, know, what I mean? that's hydrate. one hell of a gig if you get all them wrong. But, but I'm telling you, the, the hydration part is the first part. Mm. Never pass a pisser. Oh man. We'll go on to this your next question. I just. I just, serious wisdom here, right? Yeah, major wisdom. I just you, thought I would just pop that in because I had been talking. It's great. The tour, but actually, I have to say. Um, unusual for me because you know I'm kind of hard on myself usually and, and a lot of guys are but you know I can be kind of dark sometimes after a gig <laughs> kind of and, and, and nothing that a taco can't fix not right but but you know what the debate, I, or the metaphoric taco yeah <laughs> I was surprisingly not dark on this tour like no I, did you most, dehydrate I was doing doing it right I was really kind of well actually you know, I went to the baked potato yeah. okay well, he probably hated it. No, no, I went to the <laughs> no, baked potato. He, he told me. It was I mean, really no, good. no, not you know to hear Scott. I went to the baked potato a lot actually this month, but to hear Scott, and I'd just gone to hear a really another great concert, and I went. And I know my friend Scott. We've known each other a long time. We're buddies. 
And, you know, I, I braced myself. Because <laughs> I, no, I knew I was going to catch the second set. Yep. And every other first set or set of Scott, you know, I'm expecting the, I sound like shit, I'm going to quit, I'm going to kill myself. You know, the, <laughs> you know oh, I can't the, believe people the standard. pay. Yeah. I can't believe people pay for this. Oh, I suck. I, you know, I hate myself. You know, whatever. That thing, right? So you can imagine how shocked I was. I go back to that back area at the baked potato. And like Scott's happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. I, I thought I'd entered a, like a parallel Twilight universe, Sunday. you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, a shock. You put it into shock, man. I mean, I was like, <laughs> I was kind of going. Have, 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 have. I mean, I had a, I had a whole bunch of of you know like my my repertoire worked up just to kind of like talk him off the ledge so he could get him <laughs> back on the stage for the second time. And here he was. He was like, "Hey, everything's cool." It's like. Everything's great. It's like, okay. <laughs> what <laughs> like, happened? what am I supposed to say to him now? I didn't even know what to say. It's like, okay, uh, 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 some fucking weather. <laughs> so, sorry, man. I'll, I'll be more dark next time. <laughs> sorry, man. I'm it sorry. Was great. Yeah, it was like, what's up with well, that, I gotta Scott? Hear this. I got to hear this. Who He's happy. That, who you is know? that guy that was with you? Oh, okay, that was Morton Stove. Who is that? Uh, Morton's the one who gave us the mics. Morton, Morton Stove. Did he hate it? No, he, he loved it. He seemed like he hated it. No, he loved it. But um, <laughs> no one tell you who he is. Let's, let's go from there. Don't don't get all don't go there yet. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, he either loved it or he hated it. You say he liked it, so no, he liked it. He, he was yeah. it was amazing. What's not to like? Yeah. But he um, he is he started DPA microphones. He's like an uh -huh. amazing mic guy. Uh -huh. You know those like particularly those. Uh, Headset Broadway mics. Yeah, headset yeah, mics. Sure. yeah, But I mean, you know, like piano mics, and I mean, he's like a mic guru. He mm -hmm. started this company, and then he sold it, and he moved on. He's at Sennheiser now as okay. a consultant. Uh-huh. His wife is this great bass player named Kristen Korb, mm -hmm. and he lives in Denmark. And, you know, and the only issue he had with it was the volume. Right, of course, and it's the baked potatoes. So it was loud, it's, it's loud and, right. and you know we were we were sticking stuff in our ears because we didn't come prepared with protection. Mm -hmm. You got to protect. Yourself. <laughs> I was wearing I was wearing a condom, but I yeah, forgot right. the earplug. <laughs> right, right. So you know I was half protected, right. and uh, and and so like the volume just he was we'd left a jazz gig of course, and you know mm -hmm. he and he's used to jazz gigs and classical gigs, and so he you know he's like mm -hmm. and we were like we were like front and fucking center mm -hmm. you know where we were sitting right so he was just kind of whoa you know and so once he got used to that i mean of course it was a fucking yeah. amazing music you, you know, know what um the one thing about the baked potato of all the gigs we played in europe mm -hmm. 25 gigs the baked potatoes the far by far the loudest gig and why is that because we're on top of each other like when archie hits the drums I'm oh. right next to him, and I, I. Oh, so the size of the stage. Yeah, because in every other. You're gig not talking about played, the audience being on. No, top no, no. Of you. You're the, talking the, about you guys being. Yeah, on top. like oh, normally, normally sure. on a stage, I, me and Archie have this thing, and it's a wonderful little relationship that we have about volume. Like, I don't want him to to kill my ears. He doesn't want me to kill his ears. But we want to hear each other really good. So there's this thing where it's like somewhere in between four and five feet 
And if it's if it's not happening, I move a little closer. If right. it's not happening one way, I move a little further away. But it's like where we really you move never your amp, or you move yourself. Move my amp and myself. You know, move, slide my amp over and move over with it, so that so that the what I'm hearing for the drums is comfortable enough where I don't really have to turn up that loud. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm I'm like at medium volume, and of course the louds get a little louder, the softs get really of soft, course, but but it's never as loud as the baked potato because huh. on the baked pot baked potato my amp was on six and there were times where my volume control on the floor was cranked right now i never did that once in europe right at most well, at the most I, it was like 12 say, or one o'clock you know morton is a sound guy you know I mean? he's, yeah he's sure. a great sound engineer yeah. He does all the things, but he had a uh, dB meter on his phone, uh -huh. <laughs> and it was loud. And I you think. guys peaked at one twenty-one. That's loud! Wow, it's loud. So, are you but, wearing earphones, earplugs? No, no, but I, 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 I don't. I so rarely play. The I know, baked but, but potatoes still, that, still, even at eighty-six, you know, which yeah. you play way louder than yeah, even you, other, yeah, sure. Um, what, my, I'm just shocked at how much. You know, because I, I just so am in awe of your amazing ability to hear shit. Per, I mean, me personally. Yeah, and yet, no. and yet, I see you play these gigs at that level, and it's just like I can't believe you've made it to this age with that much specificity inside your hearing. Just still. lucky. Just lucky. It's just lucky. It's, it's really just not lucky. a good idea. And you might consider no. protection as you I know, move forward but, I mean, the world. That, that baked potato Because I'd sure like you to keep what you've got. You know, it's all about the drums, man. When when you got a guy that's playing a Gretsch kit, and it's a it's a rock kit. Right. But, I mean, actually, you know, for the baked potato, he brought his little jazz bass drum, which made it a little bit better because when he brings his... his uh, Bigger, bigger drum, yeah. it, it's then it's it's even louder. So he knew he's going to play no, big potatoes. I'm, I'm just so merely talking about like I mean, I know I have lost a lot of my hearing, and I just play with jazz drummers. Mm -hmm. You know, I play at a, yeah. at a volume that's half of what you play. Yeah, yeah. And what seems like half. And you know, I mean, I just, I mean, first of all, your your ears, what you can hear beyond what I ever could hear is amazing. But second of all, is like that you can still hear it after. What the I'm barrage just, you just, get? Just lucky. just just okay, but just yeah. consider protection. Yeah, I know, but I just have you don't to want tell to lose you it. That, I mean, I really, you're going to play for a while. Here. I really wanted to tell you that honestly, baked potato is not a normal gig for us. That is okay. almost almost twice as loud as we need to play. Because imagine, so you got to get the drummer the to kind of understand that, right? Well, yeah, but he has to play. He can't just. He can't play with oh, brushes. I know. Well, I know, you know that, but I, I mean, mean he, he is trying to play. Not, okay. but when he when he gets going, man, it, it's the sound of a drum set. Right. And if you're standing right next to it, it's fucking loud. And then you have to play loud enough for you to hear yourself. Right. And then he brings it up it's to a, that level. It's a, and it's yes. A cascade. Yes. And yeah. the and the only the only solution to that. To get away from each other, so or, or one of those sneeze guards. He can he can hit his drums as hard as he wants, but it's okay because I'm five feet away and it's not bothering me at all. It's right. like it's it, it, I hear the drums at a very nice, comfortable level. I don't have to crank my amp to hear myself right. over them. I'm playing at kind of a medium volume. Right. Usually my amp is on five, right. and my knob on the floor is around twelve, one o'clock, and right. the very loudest two o'clock. Uh -huh. Never all the way up, you know. Right. So it's that proximity thing that it's like holy well, you, fuck. You, you know man. what I say? 
you know, my, my, this is my credo. It's like, <laughs> proximity isn't everything, <laughs> but it's close. All right, it's close. <laughs> <laughs>